That's 162 games of the baseball season, and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Gambardella III, resident Yankee fan of the best team in the league. And here joining me, a Red Sox fan, is my best friend, Matthew Beal. Beal, you know I love you. That comes from a warm place in my heart. Um, Yeah. We're going to jump right into it this episode. We're talking about the four-game series that just happened this past weekend. Um, I have three words for one for the first two games of the series, which is yay. The second word would be to submit for the third game in the series, shit. And then the last word for the last game, uh, it's – so yay, shit, oh, it is, oh, my, is, is my reaction to, to how that series unfolded. Um, if that's not beautiful podcasting, I don't know what is. Uh, honestly, though, the Yankees were, are the superior team. They are by far the better team. And it, it showed for the first three games of that series. Um, a heartbreaker suffered Saturday night, carried into the Sunday night game. Um, the pitching staff looks scared in Boston. I don't know why. Yes, I mean, Boston has an incredible lineup. and We got also, to like every one of your pitchers except for Monty, but Monty always kills the Red Sox. And he always finds a way when he pitches, our team finds a way to lose. For some reason, he <laughs> – yeah, well, it's funny because I'm saying Monte like kind of destroyed us, but he also pitched in a game that we won. So, yeah, and we before speaking of that third game, incredible baseball game, incredible ending. Um, obviously, I'd like to be on the better side of history and win that game as, as a Yankees fan. But the Yankees were 48 and 0 when entering the eighth inning um, of a baseball game. 
until Saturday night when the Red Sox broke that streak. Now, that streak was bound to end, so I'm glad it ended now versus close to closer to playoff time where now we don't think we're invincible anymore. This team is not invincible. Clay Holmes has been a revelation, but uh, and I think he's as barring health and stuff, he has incredible stuff. So I don't think he will get hit hard for the rest of the year. And Michael King has been great, but, they but it's just so hard to pitch yeah. in Fenway. I mean, well, you pitchers suck in Fenway. Oh my gosh! I mean, that last the tenth inning when the Yankees put up two runs. Right. And then Rizzo was on second base with one out and tries to steal third with one out and gets thrown out at third base to make it two outs. That just took the wind out of our sails and gave y'all a little bit of life when it looked like the life out of that stadium had been sucked out. For some reason at Fenway, just momentum swings are so huge in that ballpark. Also, yeah. you make fun of Yankee Stadium for being a Little League ballpark. That yeah. green monstrosity you call of a left field is a Little League ballpark. It's you can't, beautiful. It, it's not. It's Christian Vasquez hit a ball 90 miles an hour that went 350 feet in d- deep what would be most in left center field, like closer to center field, and He's the ball taps off the wall a couple feet ahead of Stanton's head to continue that inning. Um, the fifth inning where the Red Sox ended up scoring three runs with JD hitting a home run in that next step back. But I mean, they said a stat 7% of the time that ball is a hit, not a double 7% of the time that ball is a hit in ballparks. 93% of the time that ball is an out. So to say that our stadium, just because of our right field is a little league ballpark is fair. We have a crazy right field, but balls that get out of our stadium, usually, uh, especially the ones that are hit by Judge and Stanton, are either homers or doubles in any ballpark with how hard they hit them. Um, some guys hit pop flies out of right. That's fair. But the some of the balls that go out of Red Sox Stadium and the line drives that just bang off the wall and are singles, which should be home runs, it is incredible. It's not like no other ballpark in the world. The home field advantage you have is incredible. And I got to give it up to you. I really want to see a game at Fenway. After all of this bashing of the stadium, I know what it is. It is a masterpiece for Boston, and they build their team around it, is. it every it year. It is the outfield. And- is built for Fenway. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. And we have a bunch of lefties way. in our lineup who go up. Yes, I, they, and you just have you have guys like Christian Vasquez who, in any other ballpark, I mean, the amount of fly balls he hits to left is incredible. He did it all series. He's a Yankees killer, um, especially in Fenway. Um, but in the Bronx, I would not be scared of Christian Vasquez at the plate at all. But in Fenway, for some reason, should be. he is should be. he is like the Sultan of Swat for some reason. He's he's hey, like let's let's just tone that back a little bit because it's not like Vasquez is has a high average because he's hitting home runs. He has a high average because he knows how to hit the other way. Yes. He, he hits into the room in right field all yeah, the time. But That's he, gotta be 90% of his base hits. Yes, but he does not have power to the opposite field. No, no, he likes to slap it over there. Yeah, I mean, he's a great ball player. 
He's a great ball player and also arguably another snub of the all-star game. Um, but we'll he get to that pitch. In, yeah. in, in a minute. Um, <sighs> now I want to hear your take on the series. I, 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 I'm sorry, but all in all that with the way this, the Red Sox don't have sale, they don't have a ball. The, obviously the Yankees have some injuries in their bullpen. Um, but barring that their starting rotations, pretty healthy. Um, and our lineup's pretty healthy. The first couple games we were at Rizzo, we're out judge with the first game and Rizzo still won those games. And then I don't want to hear about injuries. You faced three rookie starters this weekend. Yeah, I we don't want. We should have won every Thursday, single Friday, game. Saturday. We're all rookie starters, and hats off to Winkowski, Connor Siebold, and um, Cutter. Why Crawford. am I blanking on his name? Cutter. I love Cutter, but anyways, hats off to Winkowski, Siebold, and Cutter. All of them have been filling in fantastically, but not having Uvalde, Pavetta being back and forth on the IL, um, not having Sale, it's just it, – it's really taken its toll. There's a lot of pitchers – and Waka went down right before the series. Like, there's a lot of pitchers that have been back and forth on the IL. It kind of sucks, but honestly, it's very reassuring to me that we could still come out 500 in the series where we don't have our best pitching. And the one day that we did have a regular pitcher on the mound was Sunday. And we won that game because we were supposed to win that game. And we did. Yeah. Um, Pavetta was not the reason you won that game. He didn't last. He wasn't. He wasn't. But we won. (laughs) But anyways, the, the pitching was on paper was not beautiful. But the Red Sox managed to hang around. No game was even close to a blowout. Every game was close. And I know you probably want to talk about Friday, but I'll have you know we were down four runs in the ninth inning and bases were loaded. So I don't call that a blowout. There was a chance that one hit could have tied the game in the ninth inning. So I I don't call that a blowout. I think the Red Sox were very close in that one. It felt really close. Um, And, uh, yeah, so honestly – it was a good series from my perspective. Uh, the the big win on Sunday was awesome. I think that's exactly what the Red Sox needed after having a couple of tough weeks and, and starting off against the Rays. And uh, as we talked about last episode, we, we lost one. Uh, I mean, we lost two of three. We won one of three. It just it, it hurts when you're facing uh, good in-division teams and you can't really seem to get many wins off of them. But then when you have – Yankees at Fenway Park and you grab two of four with how the Red Sox have been playing with all the injuries. I'm happy with that. The comeback win on Saturday was incredible. The the fight on Sunday, again, another comeback win, even though they ended up winning 11-6. It didn't really feel like a comeback by the end of the day, but um, but both, both were tenacious wins, and there was a lot of fight and just a lot of yeah. emotion in those games, and, and I loved it, honestly. I, I, I really did. I would have, yeah, all hats off to the Red Sox for fighting. The Yankees, though, kept giving them so many chances. Right before the Red Sox walked it off, easy double play ball to Josh Donaldson at third, and he bobbles it to only get one out. Next batter, um, even if he gets the out at second and they don't um, gun the guy out at first, I think it was was Bogart's running on that. I I don't know who – 
who was up there because Verdugo comes up next and the rest is history. Um, but there wouldn't have been a guy on second base to score to win the game. Um, but I mean, to me, it just seemed like, and DJ LeMay Hughes, two errors were huge in last night's ball game, turned the tide really in that game, sending the Yankees to their doom yesterday. It just felt like, I, I know you, you had three rookie pitchers on there. We took care of every single one of your starting pitchers, but your bullpen was incredible. The bullpen is the, the bullpen only, was awesome. They, yeah. they were incredible. And our bullpen forgot how to pitch. And it, it, it just, it, it pains me that what we've built the team on for the past five years has been the bullpen. We still have a juggernaut of a bullpen, but in real pressure situations that came up um, in the last couple games of that series, um, they didn't produce. And uh, that's, that's a little scary. Also, it looked like the Yankees were just nervous out there. I mean, they've been one of the best fielding teams. Now I know this is not, uh, this is very new for the Yankees, but this year they've been one of the best fielding teams in the league. Um, and, and DJ LeMahieu and Josh Donaldson, who I just mentioned before, their defensive war is incredible. They've been incredible on defense until this weekend. And, and to me, it just seems like an outlier. I don't know if they were nervous. I, I, don't, I don't know what was in the air there in Boston Saturday and, some, and Sunday, but something special was in the air for, for the Red Sox. And, and it just wasn't, it just didn't click for the Yankees. I mean, to score five and six runs in both of those games, put up 11 runs in two games, and not get one win within, with the pitching staff we have, I mean, that's, that's just sad. Yeah, I, I mean, it is sad. The Yankees kind of suck. Um, <laughs> the Red Sox showed what's up. They showed that they can compete, and that's what it comes down to. As long as the Red Sox find themselves in the playoffs, that's that's all you need to do. Anybody can win at that point. Um, but you need to show throughout the year that you can beat those teams. I mean, going into the playoffs last year, the Red Sox were facing the Rays, and it was – I think the Rays had like plus two or something on the, on the season record against the Red Sox. But the teams were close. The teams were fighting all year long. It, it kind of felt like the Rays had our number. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what that record comes out to be as long as it's close. Like, if you get blown out, chances are you're not going to fight your way back in the playoffs. That's kind of just the wrong time to rebound, and you need a rebound before then. Um, but in second series against the Yankees, and I think six, yeah, second series. I can't believe it's only a second series at this point in the year, but second series against the Yankees, being able to take two of four, that's pretty big after losing in a three-game set at Yankee Stadium to start off the year. Um, that's huge for the Sox. That kind of keeps their mentality in it, and and that drives the competitive nature to, to be able to fight later on this year, hopefully in the playoffs, if we match up with a team like you guys or even – the Rays or the Blue Jays, any division win, any split in a series or any win in a series against a division team goes towards having that uh, confidence going into the playoffs. Whether we're facing you guys, the Rays or the Blue Jays, it doesn't matter. It kind of all comes back to the same thing. 
If we make the playoffs and we're facing each other, we got to make it to a game. There's no way fans oh, yeah. about about that. Yeah. Um, we should have gone to a wild card game last year. We should have. That was have. a big missed opportunity. We should have. Um, but honestly, I'm happy I did it because I had no faith in the Yankees <laughs> winning that ball game, and they didn't. They got yeah. So Yeah. If we go to a playoff game, I'm sure you're going to pick whatever doesn't have Garrett Cole pitching in Fenway Park. No, I would love Garrett Cole to be pitching in Fenway Park again. <laughs> there was only one player that did anything against him on Thursday night, and it was – uh, a kid by the name of Rafael Devers, who's incredible. Yeah, I keep hearing Yankee fans say that. And it's like, well, if Rafi didn't exist, Garrett Cole would be pretty good at the, against the Red Sox. Well, Rafi's a part of the uh, team. I know, like, I know, no, but <laughs> Rafi not, is, is very at, much a Red Sox Rafi player. Rafi hit two low pitches, <laughs> low off-speed pitches that were out of the zone, yeah, just well, barely out of the zone. absolutely kills Garrett Cole. Yeah, he does. Rafi he does. has his number. Yes, and and I I'm not mad. Like Garrett Cole didn't give in to him. He had an A plus stuff, and that's what kills me because he just gave up a three run shot and a two run shot. Um, and that's not the way he pitched that game to everybody else. Looked like fools at the plate. Um, so he's just got to be smarter. And I against guys who who he knows are owning him. Um, he can't, he's got to make sure like walking the nine hitter right before Devers comes up in the two slot, um, which led to the, the second home run, um, wasting pick weight. You got, you got to know those situations. You, you cannot walk the nine hitter. It's you, you want to face Devers with, I mean, obviously you want to face him with the bases empty, but especially for Garrett Cole, knowing that that's one of the only guys that can hit him in that lineup um, consistently, uh, he's got to find a way that he can stay away with an open base where it's not that bad if he walks him. Yeah. Um, well, so- later, later in that, uh, what was that Friday night? Cause later that night Devers came out with an injury. So that one kills but fortunately we had him for that Garrett game. Yes. And we'll see if he's back. I mean, the Yankees. Red it shouldn't Sox be too long. Yeah. Have, he have might an, be back this weekend. Have another weekend series, a three game set in New York. This now with us splitting in Boston, this is the last series, I think before the all-star break oh, or the sec. Yeah. The last series before the all-star break. Before yep. both these teams going to the all-star break where the Yankees come out of the all-star break going to Houston for a couple games, which is no easy, easy spot at all. They're arguably the second best team in the league, but this Red Sox series going into the break is a huge, could be a huge swing in momentum for the rest of the season. Cause you go into yep. the break, everybody goes to the all-star game and everybody's got going to be talking rumblings of trade at the all-star game and, and everything of that. And there's going to be a lot of distractions and the whole storyline is going to be written over that all-star break. Um, right. So winning this series, especially at home, I feel like the pressure's all on the Yankees and nothing should be on the Red Sox and they'll come in and fight their butts off. Um, so right. if the Yankees can prove it, prove that they're the best team in the league, which I think they are. And the Red Sox will not be back to full strength. Not that any team is at full strength from what they were at the start of the season, but with what the Red Sox are now, they, if they're without Devers and they find a way to win that series, uh, I, I have no hope for the Yankees for the rest of the year. 
unless we get the guy at the trade deadline who who I who is just will make this team un, unbeatable. But that that is a you pipe might, dream. You and, might have to face Sale on Sunday. Oh, that would be wonderful. Uh, I'll take that million times. Yes, after what he. It, he was doing that garbage can in a minor league start. He'll be doing that in hey, the stadium. He, he did that to a TV. And that oh, is competitiveness right there. Yeah. I, that is – I love that. I mean, he tried and, – and he came out. He, he let like, up yeah, a single I was, run. I was mad. He let up one yeah, run and he yeah. was that mad. <laughs> I was mad and he tried to go to a private part where he wasn't going to get filmed. And that's, that's fair. And, and – I hope he paid to fix that TV. I'm sure he did. He seems like a very stand-up guy. Um, he's, and, and he's got obviously, like a, I don't want to face Chris Sale. I, I personally don't, and I don't an think the Yankees do. Right but in Yankee Stadium, as a lefty for his first start, I don't think that's a great spot second. for him to be. Or he's second. pitching tomorrow night. Okay, right, 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 right. Uh, second Let's get start. the raise, baby. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I I think he's going to be great in his first start, but then coming off of regular rest, we're going to pummel him. So I'll I'll welcome Chris Sale. We'll um, see. We'll see. He's been throwing ninety seven. So yeah. But going back to last week, I predicted we went three and three. That we that we did split against the Red Sox, split against the Pirates in a two game set. Bill, what what was your uh, did you did you nail the pin on the head this I, week? No, I don't think so. We ended up having a three and four week. Okay. Um, you definitely not great. did not. I say think I predicted and five and two, maybe six and one, maybe seven and zero, oh, but I don't think I predicted a losing record. So yeah, I did not get it there. Honestly, though, after starting off the week one and two against the Rays, to end up three and four after playing the Yankees for the last four games, I'm not upset. Right around 500 is not what I love, but like if we come out of this really difficult 17 straight game set against all ALEs teams, then like um, I'm decent with a like 500 record after that. Yeah, you you got what do you got a three game set against the the Rays or four game set against the Rays in the trap and yeah. then come to Yankee Stadium. So what what is your yeah. prediction for and this Toronto week? After uh, my prediction for this week with uh, oh Tampa for four, New York for three, yeah, yeah. So same as last week, except Tampa has an extra game. Um, it's going to be exhausting. We just played seven straight games against the same fucking teams, and now we have seven more games against the same teams again, except both away now. Um, the Red Sox have clawed back. They're down 5-0, uh, 5-1 early in this game. Brian Bayo was starting. Um, still getting used to the bigs. It's it's very clear that he might have some nerves and pitches to work on. But uh, despite that, the Red Sox have clawed back. It is 5-5 now. I think the Red Sox are going to win tonight. Um, they clawed back in the same way that they did the last couple of games. So I, I think there's a really good start to the – uh, series. I, I do think we're going to take three of the four Tampa games, and then let's let's take two in New York. So yeah, I mean five and two. I, I kind of like the sound of that. Wow, that you are very hopeful. 
The Yankees on the other no, hand? No, I'm, I'm confident. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I don't know confident. what a, a three and four week um, at home gives you confidence in this team. Uh, but oh, I know the it's, last. It's not about that. It's it's about the last couple of games. I know, I know, about I know. The comebacks. I know. It's about I what's know. happening. I, I set you up perfectly for that. <laughs> um, but I think your bullpen is going to be gassed. By I mean, your starters have not been able to give this team depth, um, and that that does come back to bite you eventually. That does uh, you're pushing these bullpen guys to the limit. So eventually, they got they got to revert to the mean and they got to crack. Um, this is true. This so true. with the Yankees, they have a day off today, which I think is great for them to, to finally get set after they went of on a 20 game stretch in 20 days for themselves, um, which wrapped up at the start of last week, um, that ended, um, but they get a day off today. Then they get a six game homestand before they, they send uh, the likes of Judge Stanton, uh, Trevino, Cole, and uh, Clay Holmes out to Los Angeles for the All-Star game. Three games against the Reds, three games are against the Red Sox. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. The Reds are the best, worst team in the league. I almost said best. They are by far the worst team in the league, maybe athletics. But the Reds are bad, so losing a game against the Reds would not be good. But we did just lose a game, game against the Pirates. I don't think we're, you know, we're what we were going on a tear 20 games ago. I'm going to say four and two. We take both series two out of three, four and two for this week is a solid week. And I I just think we go four and two. So I'll see if I can nail it on the head for a third time. Um, There you go. But yeah, this, I mean, getting into the all-star game, our only remaining topic for today um, will be this all-star game and, and some all-star game snubs, Beal. Uh, name, I would say, your top two snubs in each league um, or, or top three snubs in either league. Um, top three guys that you can think of that just should have made the all-star game um, and, and didn't. And, and we'll do a snake draft here, so – because we might share some of similar opinions on guys. Um, so, Beal, do you want to take the first pick here, or do you want to go second? Yeah, yeah, I'll take the first pick. Okay. And I got a Jumbo Dong Martinez. Uh, JD has been awesome this year. I, I think his power numbers have underwhelmed people. But despite only having, I think it's seven home runs now, despite that, the dude has just been absolutely incredible started off the year first couple months batting like 360 i think and he's quieted down a little bit but dude's still hitting 315 320 right now um he's been really good the last couple games especially uh big home run last night to tie it up jd has been incredible and i i think it's very unfortunate that he's not going to the all-star game while batting 314 with the 883 ops I really don't care. Oh, and I, I I understated his home run numbers. He has nine home runs. So, like, 38 RBIs at this point of year, pretty good. Not what he normally does. But his numbers don't lie. I mean, the guy is killing the ball. And it just got snubbed from the All-Star game. I, I mean, I, I think that one's really I mean, clear for me. That's a fair snub statement. But 
I'm going to vehemently disagree with that call just because of the position he plays. He's a DH. 29 doubles. He's a DH. And the two guys that made it in front of him deserve to be there in front of him. Shohei Otani is a showstopper. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He doesn't bat for the same batting average, but he plays both sides of the ball, and he hits for far more power, better OPS than J.D. does. He doesn't have to be there as a DH, though. He's already in as a pitcher. He could go in as a right fielder too if he wants. Barring that, if that if that had happened, then JD could have made it. You're right. And also, Jordan Alvarez. Jordan's is a better, played a lot of outfield too, so he yes. could have made it as an outfielder. But yeah, he didn't. they didn't qualify. They weren't put up. They started so many more games at DH. So I'm just I'm pissed about the. Game. I know, I know. So for my second and third picks here. I, I'm not going with the Yankee. Uh, I, I'm not being that biased. Not that you were biased. JD has as a much better case than any remaining Yankee who didn't make the all-star game. Um, I'm going Ty France for the Mariners. I'm, I'm upset about Ty France. Me too. I, I deserves to be there. a young, a young guy. Young, young. How, how young is Ty France? I mean, he's exciting. He hits absolute bombs and with the Mariners team that has been led by the likes of, I mean, he's batting over 300 um, right now. And, and gosh, it, it, it pains me to see that, that he's not in the all-star game, a young talent like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a snub for me, uh, a Mariners team that got J-Rod into the all-star game who hasn't played the whole year in the majors. So it, if anybody should be the representative I guess it should be J-Rod for the rest of the league because he's going to be the face of the franchise. But Ty, Ty France and his 850 OPS definitely should have been in the All-Star game. And, and yeah, I, I, it just hurts. But the third pick, since we're doing a, a snake draft, I won't get caught up on that because Vlad Guerrero and, and Luis Arares from the Twins are, are both – I mean, Vladdy's Vladdy, but I, I think he should have made it over Luis Arares, who does not hit for power whatsoever um, and is not that young. But he deserves the recognition just the same. He's also he's making a run at the batting title in the AL. My third selection here comes from the NL. Our first NL guy is a pitcher by the name of Carlos Rodon. And if you didn't see what his – his wife, his wife tweeted something like, you got, you got to be, enter explicit, um, explicitive, um, you got to be kidding me. Um, how does my man not make the all-star game when he leads the, the NL pitchers in war, which he does. And, and he's a Cy Young candidate um, with, with the Giants right now. Um, and I know you can make the argument all of these pitchers that made the all-star game, all of the starters in the NL are absolute beasts, which they are. They are absolute studs. But if you can't find a way for Carlos Rodon to be in, in the all-star game, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I will agree. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Rodon has I, but, been incredible. I somebody would have been left out out of these names though. Clayton Kershaw, Sandy Allen Contra, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Max Free, Freed or Fried, um, Tony Gonzalez, Joe Musgrove. 
out of those guys, it's hard to pick a guy out of there and say, you know what? He really didn't deserve to make it. All these guys deserve to make the all-star game. So you're not wrong. It it's hard, but there's gotta be some snubs. Right. And, yeah. and that's the, I mean, he leads the league in, in, he leads the NL in war, um, NL pitchers in war for, for a reason. So I, I think that, and you know how war wins above a replacement. I mean, all of his replacements, all the other pitchers, if they were in his shoes, they have less value to their teams. So I, I just think Rodon deserved a spot. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so you have and picks four my, and five here. My last two picks. Of, oh, wait, we're going. Yeah, three total, right? Yeah. Right, or, yeah. Okay. Or is it three from each league? Just three total. I if think that works, that works. yeah, going going that deep, I, I think we'd struggle to make a case yeah. for that's that's a little too deep. Yeah. Yes. Uh my my second, my personal second pick, but fourth overall pick of the draft is Josh Bell. I brought him up when we went through our all-star game selections, and I understood that it's a deep position in the NL CJ Crone and uh who's the other guy? In the NL. Yeah, the other first baseman. Why can't I think of who was? Don't worry, keep going. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll find Pete, it. Yeah, Pete Alonso, right? Pete Alonso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was. I don't know why I blanked on who else was playing well this year, but um, which makes sense because Pete Alonso is so up and down. I feel like it's a toss up whether he's going to make the All Star game or be and Goldie, up, three yeah. first baseman and Goldie. Yeah, it's just it's a deep position at NL, so I assume that Josh Bell might get snubbed. But, I mean, Josh Bell's hitting over 300 with 14 home runs. Uh, the dude is slugging well. He's just – oh, man, it, it pains me. It pains me that he's not in the All-Star game. Like I said, I get it. But 47 RBIs with a 304 average and, and 14 home runs. I mean, this guy is on pace for close to 30. Um He's He's got an 877 OPS. I love Josh Bell. Hits from both sides of the plate really is making a name for himself again. I know we talked about this previously, but I just I, I'm a sucker for a guy who gets off to a bit of a rough start and then I I tend to root for those guys. I I want them to reclaim their their prowess in the league and and he's been able to do that this year. He's played every single game. He hasn't gotten hurt. Um and knock on wood, but I, I mean this dude's awesome. I wish he was in the all-star game. And then my my second, well, second final one, pick, yeah, my last one, my final pick, third pick, is Kevin Gosman. Um, uh, honestly, it, him and Rodon, I think, were big question marks to me, and I feel like you could draw parallels from both of them. Both had incredible years last year, Gosman with the uh, Giants, and now Rodon's with the Giants. Um, and Gosman went over to the Blue Jays. Rodon went from the White Sox uh, to the Giants. And, and both players had incredible years last year. But I think there are a lot of question marks in free agency, how they'd hold up because they were guys who kind of broke out. I, I mean, there were guys like we knew their names, obviously. They had had good years before. Gosman was with the Orioles for a long time. Um, Rodon has been around um, – and with the White Sox for the last couple of years, but, but both of them kind of broke out and became Cy Young candidates last year. And so there are big question marks in free agency and, 
and, and we weren't really sure how much teams would spend on them. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Giants both decided to take those sweepstakes, and both of them panned out very well, as you said, with Rondon pitching so well. Gosman also is pitching no. incredibly. The guy has under three ERA. Honestly, he's on my short list of Cy Young candidates. And, um, he's been healthy this year. He's He's been pitching awesome for the Blue Jays. He really uh, fills in that position for them and, um, and, and makes them one of the best uh, starting rotations in the AL, only behind the Yankees, honestly, in my opinion. Um, him paired up with Manoa is almost like unreal. Like I, I don't even – know what that's going to look like in the playoffs uh, I mean it's it's a scary tandem to have and they both locate so well and I, I think the fact that Gosman isn't an all-star this year is kind of a shame to what the Blue Jays have been able now, to build up he also has a 3.7 war like Rodone leading all pitchers in the league so he was going to be my next pick you stole him from me but my last <laughs> pick is going to be Taylor Ward here Taylor Ward him is a forgotten man in, in Los Angeles. You got Trout and Otani, but you also got Taylor Ward now. He's got a 920 OPS and a 300 batting average. Got to mention him there in the outfield. He deserved a shot. I mean, those stats speak for themselves. Another guy like Ty France, not a huge name, um, but but a tremendous baseball yeah. player who who arguably got snubbed. Um, yep. But that does it. For this episode, yeah, he is a dude. All these guys are dudes, and I hope they keep producing. Um, and it's, it's a shame they didn't get to Los Angeles because I feel like a lot of guys deserve to get to Los Angeles. And the more the merrier. Um, yeah, the summer classic. And uh, I can't wait for the game next week. Before the game, we'll be dissecting in next week's episode um, the MLB All-Star Games uh, rosters for both teams, who we think is going to win after these rosters have been set, who is maybe a starter that we don't think should have been a starter. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, that does it for us as always enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners, your snacks. I, I've started to I fall in love with peanut butter and, uh, and mint these like mini oatmeal raisin bagels um, that I just put peanut butter and some banana sometimes on. That's fire. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, Sounds great. But have a great week, y'all. And uh, yeah, Beal, take us out. Don't sleep on mini bagels with peanut butter.